It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fence side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the FinFanatic.com website and the Fan Sided Network as well. I am happy to say, Paul, that this is the last show we're going to do before we can say Miami Dolphins football is underway. The Dolphins play the Bears here this Saturday at Soldier Field, noon Central, 1 Eastern time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got three preseason games this year. And, you know, this is kind of grease the wheels, get things going type of a preseason game here. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, what, what's your thought? Football is actually back. And now between Saturday and the end of April, when we do the NFL draft show, football season's here, Paul. Dude, it, you have no idea. Like, actually, I didn't even get to talk to you about this off the air yet. Um, between, I'm actually coaching two teams, which is awesome, uh, and they're actually full of little dolphin fans, which is amazing. And then Sarah actually surprised Axe and I yesterday by getting tickets to the season opener at New England. So, ah, we're literally. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna nice. coach two games that morning. Uh, one of them's at noon, and then as soon as we finish our game. Literally still dirty from football. We are going to head up to Foxborough and watch Miami put New England on notice. I, I like this is great. Like and now we got preseason football. We've got God. It's like football, football, football. My wife would kill me if she heard me right now because that's all she hears. So the question is: There at that age, is there overtime? What's that? Is there overtime uh, at at uh, at his age? Not. Not not with the offense I'm going to be running. Uh, let me put it that way. Okay, okay, because that, that that's the only uh, that's the only possible sticky spot is if it goes into overtime and then it goes and then. But I know you'll stay and coach that team. So anyway, <laughs> let's take a look here at at what we've got going. So we're going to talk about a few players we're looking at at the Bears game, and we're going to talk about our updated 53 man roster now that we've gotten some training camp reports out of the way here. Um, and big kudos to a lot of people here. I remember 25 years ago when I started watching uh, or following football, I was lucky to get a snippet from the Miami Herald on a message board. And now, you know, big shout out to the Miami Herald, Sun Sentinel, uh, Three Yards for Carry podcast, uh, does a lot of great stuff on that. Travis Wingfield, a wealth of information uh, that that gears us up for the gears everybody up for the season here. So kudos to them and we really do look forward to it so paul the big news obviously we haven't really talked about it and we don't have to take a deep dive into it because we did a whole show on it and went back and forth but um um it's been a while since we've done a show here it's been about a week or so Xavier howard back in the fold everything is taken care of i mean i i couldn't be more excited, and I, I know you definitely feel the same way. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. 
First scheduled for liftoff, the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch, and can engage a travel lock, and it's even waterproof. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's Cantor, who grew up a Dolphins fan, finally kept one here and you know what? It really wasn't anything outrageous. Um, it really was one, something that worked for both sides, and you could tell they both wanted to make this work here as far as Xavier and Howard and as far as the Dolphins. And, you know, everybody wants to talk precedent. I know we've talked this and beat it to death. If Miami sets a precedent here, it's a good one. It's like, look, whether we negotiate with you or not, if you're in the defensive player or offensive player or special teams player of the year conversation, we can have a conversation about your contract. Like, and we can be mature about it. So I like yeah, I, I think I think the lesson to be learned too is when the contract is in you know this just the second year how difficult it is to renegotiate and how great of a player you have to be. Because let's face it, I mean, Xavier Howard, a defensive MVP candidate, that's the only reason the Dolphins entertained this. And they dug their heels in for seven and a half months after Xavier Howard hired David Cantor as his agent. So it's it's not a slippery slope to, oh, well, you know, Zach Sealer uh, barely outperformed his contract. He's going to want more money. There, there is none of that. So the, the details of it, uh, and people know this by now, pretty. But just to glance over it, four and a half million dollars in incentives uh, this year, uh, if if Xavier Howard plays at that same level in March of 2022, when the new league year begins for the 2022 season, Xavier Howard is going to get uh, guaranteed uh, his 2022 salary if he's still healthy. And if he's healthy, why wouldn't you guarantee his 2022 salary, even if, let's say, he goes from the best cornerback in the NFL in 2021 to middle of the pack in 2022, that's about the going rate, you know, the, that $13 million for a cornerback that is middle of the pack, which we don't expect Xavier Howard to be. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I did see, and I can't remember the exact source, so I apologize, was that they would be willing, depending on how he does this year, to reopen contract negotiations uh, in good faith during the off season as well um you notice thank you very much real quick we got a question and and i'll jump this one in real quick who is the most trustworthy source in our opinion to believe when there's conflicting narratives coming out of practice i get so confused sometimes i'll jump in first because it's you know i talk to this guy on the phone once in a while i fully trust his eyes with most things and that's travis there's a reason why he shot up the ranks so quick and the Dolphins noticed him and pulled him in. It's Travis typically is spot on and honest. So I'll, I'll give it to him. Sure. And uh, I'll be real honest, too. Uh, the answer is me. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. 
Um, I am a big Barry Jackson fan, uh, the Miami Herald. Uh, he's, I, I always think he's very level-headed. He's very informational. And he, he's not he's not trying to prove a point. He's just giving you the facts, and he gives a level-headed perspective. I'm a big Barry Jackson fan. Okay. Good question. Um, so, yeah, you know, Xavier Howard, great to have him back in the fold. Not only that, but, Paul, now we talked about kind of that domino effect, too. If Now you got Xavier Howard and Byron Jones at the cornerback spots. Uh, you've got Eric Rose starting at strong safety. You've got a great competition between Jason McCourty and Javon Holland at that free safety spot. And it looks like Justin Coleman has wrapped up that nickelback position. So with those five in line, you talk about competition and depth at defensive back between players like Noah Igbenogany, who is not having a good camp. Um, you know, uh, Jamal Perry, who I know you love, uh, Terrell Bonds, Javaris Davis, Brandon Jones. I mean, you've got a lot of fighting to just get snaps here in this elite secondary. Yeah, Jamal Perry's been playing well this week, and it hurts my soul. Like, it really does. But, no, like, honestly, the fact that Javon Holland's been balling out and still hasn't seized the starting job says a lot about this secondary right now. The fact that we saw Brandon pop most, most, most of the season last year when he got on the field, and he still hasn't been able to take a starting job. Uh, the progress of Nick Needham last year was huge. Um, yeah, I, I am a little disappointed about Igbenogany, especially after the reports I was hearing at the end of the season last year where he was supposedly standing out in practice and just the depth on the field was keeping him off. But, again, this is a team that's going to keep six or seven corners. This is a team that's going to keep four safeties. I mean, it's you're going to have a fifth of your resources tied up in that secondary. And you should. And I, I want the Dolphins to keep 11 or 12 defensive backs. And every time we talk about them, there's another player stepping up. But I, I can't wait to see the secondary play again this year. It was fun watching it last year. And if if they can get more playmaking skills with Javon Holland there in the secondary, even better. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at, at some other training camp news, you know, reports that have come out, here is the offensive line's a little fascinating here too because Liam Eichenberg on the de- Dolphins first first depth chart starting at left guard um, then have has had some injury problems here and was actually yanked out of the lineup in the scrimmage against the Bears Solomon Kindley put back in at left guard so not quite sure where Liam Eichenberg factors in now I mean does he go back to right tackle and challenge Jesse Davis does he get a starting spot back when Solomon Kindley are, are from Solomon Kindley throughout the summer here. So that's something that does bear watching here on the offensive line, which according to reports hasn't looked very good right now. Yeah, but they're also going up against a pretty potent Bears front four uh, most of the time. The Bears defensive line is one of their biggest strengths. So it's a tough call there. The The interesting one is, and I know he's list, listed as a left guard, is, and this is a deep cut here, but... Derval Carez Nito. Um, apparently, he's eaten a few people's lunch in one-on-ones so far this 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 week, and even even during the preseason. So it's it's pretty cool. And then the fact that the Dolphins' defensive line has gotten a lot of push up the middle against the Bears' O line. 
Yeah, Durval Curesnito is somebody that it, it seems like he's been on that international exemplist for years now, and because he has, because <laughs> he has, <laughs> he's going to retire and, from the international exemption. Yeah, he he is. I mean, he's going to he's he's his number is going to be retired, <laughs> but he is. That's a fascinating battle to watch here at the interior of the offensive line because Jermaine Illuminor is strictly being listed as a guard now. You've got Matt Skira at, at center backing a Michael Dieter. Solomon Repeat Kinley. that again for our listeners because that's just I, – I Repeat what? The Matt Skira thing because like, I just want people to hear that again. Matt Skira is the backup fighting for his life against Cameron Tom at this point. Yeah, and uh, with the depth chart, uh, Skura was second, and and Tom was third on on was on Skura was on second team. Tom was on third. Yeah. Um. That, but that is a an actual actual battle here going forward. And there's also talk too about the Dolphins being interested in some offensive tackles. I I, I look at the Lions and Terrell a, a player named Tyrell Cos uh, excuse me Tyrell Crosby at the right tackle spot where he started to show a lot of promise last year for the lions, but then they drafted Penny Sewell. Wouldn't surprise me if the dolphins went down that road, uh, maybe offering a wide receiver that we've talked about um, in, in a trade here, here in August, we know that Chris Greer likes to trade, but we could go over those scenarios all day. Um, you know, it, but with the depth chart too, Paul, I mean, some surprises, um, depth chart doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot right now. We've got three preseason games, and a full month before the season starts, or almost a month. So just going down a, a couple of surprises, or maybe some surprises, nothing glaring. Um, Jared Dokes was listed behind Jordan Scarlett at running back. He was sixth. Jalen Waddell, fourth wide receiver behind Albert Wilson. Liam Eikenberg was starting at left guard over Solomon Kinley. Christian Wilkins was still hanging on to a starting spot over Zach Sealer. A lot of talk, and Paul, you you nailed this a couple of weeks ago here um, about Zach Sealer possibly getting more snaps than Christian Wilkins this year. Yeah, and it's one thing that so it's I, I do try to keep an open mind with anybody not named Jamal Perry uh, at times. It's I know I've been a little down on Christian Wilkins the past few weeks, but I think it was Travis ran a stat where the last six or eight weeks of the season. Um, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, and Raekwon, Raekwon Davis were all in the top 15 or 20 as far as interior defensive linemen go um, across the NFL. And that says a lot as far as both pass rush and run stuffing. Um, so, you know, I fully expect all three to make the roster uh, and to see significant snaps. But Zach Sealer has been a guy that every chance he gets with the, when he gets out there on the field, he flashes with that big body that's built like Sully from Monsters Inc. He just gets it done, and Raekwon Davis is just entrenched at this point. Uh, as a pleasant surprise for me, I thought he, I thought there was a possibility Raekwon would wash out. Um. I wasn't a fan of the pick, but he's been fantastic ever since about week five last year. And yeah, I mean, obviously all three of them are going to make the roster and they're going to, they're, that is one of the most dependable, consistent things for the Dolphins roster heading into this year is the defensive tackle, interior defensive line spot. So yeah, definitely those three make the roster. And speaking of the roster, Paul, 
we'll update our 53 man roster prediction here. It's been a couple of weeks since we've looked at it. So we we've got this really tight before we get into it here. So the rules are very simple. Paul is his own 53 man roster. I have mine. We don't talk about it beforehand. We just make sure that we have ours in line. Um, we don't, speculate on this we we count the players that are in the building we don't project trades we don't do any of that stuff so as the roster currently sits let's go down the line here we can bypass quarterbacks Tua and Jacoby Brissett as your as your two quarterbacks um then at running back obviously we've got Miles Gaskin on there I have Malcolm Brown as the backup uh Savan Ahmed as the third running back and I still can't get over, and I, I still got to put him on there. I still think Patrick Laird makes it there because of his his receiving skills and because of his special teams play, and he's turned into kind of a veteran on this roster too. So I've got four, Gaskin, Brown, Laird, and Ahmed. Who, who do you have there at running back? I've got Gaskin, Brown, Laird, and I've still got Dokes at this point. I, I, I know he's buried right now. But it's early, and a lot of running backs don't tend to flash early when that happens. So, yeah, and sometimes uh, you know when you draft a running back in the seventh round, he does um, get the benefit of the doubt if it's close, and it might be close if he can creep back a little bit. Uh, at wide receiver, Will Fuller is out the first week, so we're judging this fifty-three man roster based on week one of the NFL season. Will Fuller is going to be suspended for just one game. That is, if he ever gets off the exercise bike, he'll make it to week two. Um, so um, let's take a look here. Pat, I've got uh, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, Albert Wilson as the number three receiver, Lynn Bowden, Mac Hollins, and returning to my 53-man roster, I've got Jakeem Grant. Okay. I have six total. I've got Devontae, Jakeem, um, obviously Wilson and Waddle. I do not have Bowden at this point, as much as I do like him. Uh, I have Robert Foster and Mac Hollins battling it out in week two for that six-wide receiver spot when Will Fuller returns. Interesting. Foster and Hollins, even though, yeah, I mean, both special teams guys and, you know, Brian Flores values that very much. So, and what one's going to go when when Fuller comes back? Yeah, yeah. Once so, probably Foster's going to go when, when when he comes back, or Hollins. Yeah, um, I, I, I think Hollins will be is one of the two. <laughs> definitely, uh, Hollins is Hollins to me is, I think is pretty locked in. Uh, <laughs> at, I think he's emerging really as a team leader, and yeah. Flores is going to have players on his 53-man roster that are just special teams guys. Matt Collins plays that very important role of gunner, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I am I think he stays. Tight end, I've got Mike Kosicki, Hunter Long, who by the way is not dead uh, for people that uh, thought he was. Uh, he, he was carted off. I thought it looked really, really bad. <laughs> He's returning to practice. So Mike Kosicki, Hunter Long, Adam Shaheen, and Seathan Carter, and I've got, um, I've got Durham Smythe getting cut. So, I have Gesicki, Hunter Long. I've got Seathan Carter, who's going to see significant snaps in that fullback H back role. The Dolphins have been hunting for a fullback a little bit too hard for me to think that they're not going to use one. Much to your 
amusement. Um, and then I've got them keeping Smythe over Shaheen at this point, even though I think Shaheen's the better receiver. Okay. Yeah, it's there really is a toss-up there. Um, I think Shaheen's got a little bit more guaranteed money. Seathan Carter does too. I think they made a little bit more of a choice with them. But, I mean, Smythe has played a lot of snaps. He's played more snaps than any other tight end on the Dolphins roster over the last couple of years. And he, he's only making $2 million, so it's not a whole heck of a lot. If there is a doubt, and I think another team would be crazy, not again, not to not to spend a, a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, probably a sixth or seventh rounder to trade for Durham Smythe uh, in that scenario. Um, offensive line, I know we've got six locks each, so we'll bypass those. Austin Jackson at left tackle, Liam Eichenberg, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, Jesse Davis, Solomon Kindley. Yep. We've got those six. After that, it can get it's a little bit murky. I've got the Dolphins keeping nine. So my seventh, eighth, and ninth offensive lineman. I see Matt Skura beating out Cameron Tom. I see yeah. Jermaine Illuminor being that guard, you know, emergency offensive tackle. And the last roster spot here that I had went to Lornell Coleman. I don't see the Dolphins cutting both seventh rounders. I had him cutting Dokes. I don't have him cutting Coleman. And he's looked a little bit more ahead of the curve than I think a lot of people thought so far, according to some training camp reports. So I've got Skura, Illuminor, and Coleman there as my seventh through ninth lineman. So I am high on Larnell Coleman. Um, I have been since they drafted him. But I have three more linemen. Um after the six, and only one of them are we in agreement on, and that is Jermaine Illuminor. Um, I have Cameron Tom unseating Matt Scurra. Uh, I have Larnell Coleman ending up on the practice squad. And I have Adam Pankey being the swing tackle until Larnell Coleman is ready. Okay. Why I think they're looking for tackle depth at this point. Because you look at their first depth chart, um, other than Larnell Coleman, you have Adam Pankey, Jonathan Hubbard, Timon Paris, and Tyler Mars. Um, granted, you can kick Jermaine Illuminor. Granted, you can kick Liam Eichenberg. Granted, you can, you know, but Robert Hunt. But again, at that point, it's not where they're trying to put these guys. So you're automatically showing a lack of faith, and it's not good. I still think our best offensive line has Solomon Kinley, Liam Eichenberg, and Robert Hunt on it. So Cameron, Tom, and Adam Pankey, yeah, there you're going with some experience because those guys have been around the league for a while and might be a little bit more dependable than Larnell Coleman. If Coleman continues to progress, and he's one player I'm really looking forward to seeing here in the Bears game to see how he looks, if he looks the part, Dolphins may be a little bit afraid to let him go because he may not get back to the practice squad. So, Absolutely. So that's that's going to be fascinating. Um Paul, let's move over to the uh, defensive side of the ball, and let's uh, let's stop right there for a second, actually, because uh, the differences in our fifty-three man roster so far. You have, I think, we have five differences exactly. You have making the roster that I don't. Uh, Garrett Dokes at running back, Robert Foster at wide receiver, Durham Smythe at tight end, Adam Pankey at tackle, Cameron Tom at center. I've got in their place. Um, Let's see. Savan Ahmed at running back. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. 
Devon Ackman at running back, uh, tight end, Adam Shaheen, offensive tackle, Larnell Coleman, and center, Matt Skura. And I also have Lynn Bowden, too. So we've got five and five there. So let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to divide it into, a, into three categories here. First, along the edge, I've got – and this can get a little bit hairy because, you know, it's is this guy a D-end? Is he a defensive tackle? Is he an off-ball linebacker? That's what's exciting about the Dolphins' front seven. So at, at the edge spot, I've got Emmanuel Ogba, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle, who could also obviously a linebacker. I do have Vince Beagle making it, even though he's he's got a – uh, according to recent reports, he's got a a boot on his foot. He has looked impressive when he's been out out on the field. So he's got to he's got to be healthy here throughout August. So he's the my fourth edge guy, and Jason Strobridge is my fifth guy. Yes, Jason Strobridge. He's going to be the guy someday. Uh, yeah, someday, someday. So the weird thing for me with this one was I know we put Beagle in the edge category. Uh, if you look at the Dolphins' depth chart, they actually put him as a backup to, uh, I believe it was Jerome Baker. Oh, no, it was Bernardrick McKinney. He was third team. As third team yeah. off-ball linebacker, which I found very odd and intriguing. But for me, he settles in as an edge guy. And I've got Agba, Phillips, AVG, Beagle, and Strobridge as well. So we're in agreement there. Um, defensive tackle. Let's see here. Um, obviously, we've got the top three guys, Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer. Then I've got Adam Butler making the roster as well, and, and I think he could possibly provide some very good interior uh, pressure because when you look at Davis, Wilkins, and Sealer, you know, Sealer offers some pass rush, and, yeah, some guys can show some push. Uh, Davis and Wilkins can have some push, but Butler is more of kind of the natural pass rusher of that group. So I think he does add something here. He's the fourth defensive tackle. I have John Jenkins making it too. I, you know, I think in some looks you can have John Jenkins as the nose tackle, Raquan Davis kicking out a little bit wider, especially on those big sets. So I've got five defensive tackles. I have four. Um, I, I was with you on that list until you got to beyond Butler. Um, I like John Jenkins a lot, but I think he fades out here for the Dolphins. Okay. Sounds good. means that Paul's going to have an extra player here at, at linebacker and at defensive back, so let's get to that. At off-ball linebacker, I have uh, four making it because I've got Andrew Van Ginkle and I've got um, uh, Vince Beagle. List, we, we've got them listed as edge players here. So my four linebackers are, and this was a little tough after Baker and McKinney. You know, I, I have Brennan Scarlett, and the reason for that is, and I'll give a shout-out to um, to Alfredo Arteaga from the Three Yards Per Carry podcast that I, I heard this from, is he has played just about 100% of snaps on special teams in camp, and that's usually a telltale sign. You take a look previously at keeping guys like Kelvin Munson and Deion Lacey on the team. Calvin or Brennan Scarlett might be an edge player too. You might classify him as that, but I think he brings special teams ability too. So he's my third guy. Then it's a really tough battle between Shaquem Griffin, Sam Egwavon, and Duke Riley for that final linebacker spot. And I gave the edge to Duke Riley. 
You know, I'm going to make a spontaneous change to my list here, Cat. I apologize. I'm going to take my edge down to five, and I'm going to remove Vince Beagle. It's I flirted with this idea anyway. Beagle's out, okay. And I am going to go to five uh, uh, at the linebacker spot. I looked at Beagle, and I like Beagle. I, I think he can do a decent job off the edge. But again, it, it's there's only so many snaps. Um, and I just don't see a role, especially when the Dolphins start listing him as an inside linebacker pretty much. Um in that Bernardrick McKinney, Jerome Baker mold, which he just isn't a fit for, um, unless you're talking special situations. And I like Brennan Scarlett. I think he actually unseats somebody later in my in the list that's going to be a surprise to some, probably not you. Um, I think Shaq Griffin has been flashing this week, both from the inside and from the edge, uh, to the point of getting chirpy, I think was one of the reports I heard, because he was causing so much havoc out there. And then, much to some people's surprise, I've got Sam McGuavin making it. There were moments he flashed last year, and because if they use him as the Jerome Baker substitute uh, when needed, he does have a role, at least as far as some of the pass rush you see come out of the Jerome Baker spot. So, McGuavin has a role on this team, um, and Brendan Scarlett has a role, and Shaq Griffin has been flashing enough that I think he does make the roster. I went back as I said before. Yeah, the the toughest uh, call for me on the on this fifty three man roster was Duke Riley against Sam Sam uh, Egwavan. Mm-hmm. Now, Shaquem Griffin right now is on fourth team defense according to the depth chart, but he also just joined the team, so he is somebody who needs a big August here. And you know, when you look at all the edge players here, um, you know. The Andrew Van Ginkles, the 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 Vince Beagles, the Jalen Phillips, is there a spot for Griffin? And and yeah, maybe Griffin can be an off ball linebacker and special teams guy. Is he good enough in coverage to be that? So we'll we'll see as it goes along. And that's why I give the edge to a player like Duke Riley, who has a lot more NFL experience. So we'll see there. Um, so moving along to defensive back and I know we always agree on having a lot of them. I've got 11 defensive backs. You've you've either got 11 or 12 according to the, to the 11. Think, yeah, you have 11. So we both have 11. So I know we're going to agree on a lot of them here. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Eric Rowe, Javon Holland as as the four starters. Justin Coleman in the slot, Nick Needham, Brandon Jones, Noah Igbenogany. We're up to eight there. Um, Which is one more than... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, because I've got mine broken as corner and safety. I apologize. I've got 11 total, yes. Gotcha, gotcha. So, def- yeah, and I, I threw for a grip. So, my th- three final guys making it. Uh, you know, Jason McCourty. Do you have Jason McCourty on there, too? I do, yes. Okay, sounds good. So, so we've we've got nine. Let's go through it again. Xavier Howard... Javon Holland, Eric Rowe, Byron Jones as the starters. Then after that, Nick Needham, Jason McCourty, Brandon Jones, Justin yep. Coleman, Noah Igbenogany. We've got those nine. Yep. My final two spots go to Jamal Perry, making the roster again over Clayton Fedulum. So 
you know, talking to you about uh, Clayton Fedulum and, and, and Jamal Perry, that's like, you know, which, which knife are you going to stab yourself with? Um, but I, I went with Jamal Perry. Uh, and then finally, the surprise of my roster here um, was uh, Terrell Bonds, who has been jumping out here at the cornerback spot, a, a 5975 pound cornerback uh, out of Tennessee State. He's somebody that, you know, if he surprises, may end up throughout the season challenging Justin Coleman in that nickelback role. Uh, he's been on the Ravens practice squad for the last few years. Uh, somebody that, that I, I, you know, they the Dolphins find these players at cornerback, like Javaris Davis, who may challenge for the roster spot too. You know, you look back at Nick Needham and you remember Ken Webster, uh, Tay Davis, these guys that they just find off the street and they play pretty well. And I think Terrell Bonds might be that guy too. So he's my final and seventh cornerback and 11th defensive back making the, making the Dolphins team here. So we both have a little bit of a deep cut here at um, corner because I have Javaris Davis and then for my final defensive back I have Jamal Oh wow Perry Oh wow okay hey, I, I respect you for that you know you're not you're not pot committed to J- to Jamal Perry's uh failure anymore I I, 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 I don't that. want him to fail he just does. Like, but he's been standing out this preseason, and you know, it, it's he's been standing out a lot more than Clayton Flalalum, um, as far as that goes. So, uh, Falala can go at this point. The, the big question is with Clayton Fedulum and Calvin Munson being cut here. The Dolphins get more positional value uh, if they keep Jamal Perry and a guy like Sam Egwavon on the roster. Are they sacrificing anything in special teams? They might be. No. And that's some you don't think so. No, because you're keeping Brennan Scarlett. You're keeping, as it stands right now, Mac Hollins and Robert Foster on my roster. It, it's so you're you're really not. I, I think Shaq Griffin can play some special teams. Like it's you start looking at some of the guys. They've gotten so many guys with special teams experience that you're really not sacrificing anything with Fedulum. He he did well, but Brennan Scarlett's been a monster so far. You know, some of these other guys can can step into those roles. I think. Yeah, it's uh, I think you might be losing something on paper there. Um, on paper, sure, but not on the field. Okay, we'll see. Uh, and if- you can actually fill these guys in in a position as well sometimes, which is amazing. Got it. So let's uh, let's take a look here at our uh, the biggest cuts I've got that I've listed: Garrett Dokes, Preston Williams, who actually may go on PUP, given that he's still hurt, and that could be big for the Dolphins. That maybe you get a little bit of a shot in the arm here in the middle of the year with Preston Williams coming off there. He does have talent. He just has to stay healthy. Maybe playing half a season is going to help him. Um, hey, play the second half. Yeah. Malcolm Perry, uh, I've got. He's somebody caught in the weeds. He's a good player too. Uh, Derm Smythe, a tight end. Um, Sam Egwavon, Shaq Griffin, Calvin Munson, Clayton Fedulum. Th- those are kind of the notable cuts for me. So let's take a look at the differences here, real quick, Paul. You've got Garrett Dokes, Robert Foster, Derm Smythe, Cameron Tom, Adam Penke, Shaq Griffin, Sam Egwavon, Javaris Davis as your guys. Yep. Mine are. Here, uh, Savat Ahmed, Lynn Bowden, 
Adam Shaheen, Larnell Coleman, Matt Skura, John Jenkins, Vince Beagle, and Terrell Bonds. That's my team. So we'll see at the end of at the end of uh, at the end of the offseason. But Paul, obviously, I actually just want to dive into a couple of my big cuts because Matt Skura was a big cut for me. Um, and just to prove somebody wrong in the chat, Clayton Fedulum was was a pretty big cut for me, being a, a signing Miami had a, few, a couple years ago. Uh, that basically we need to get ourselves in the right mindset because Chris Greer is not afraid of what some of these GMs are, where they'll sit there and they'll keep a guy well beyond the expiration date. Uh, Chris Greer is not afraid to say, nope, that was a screw-up, get out of here, bye, um, as opposed to what you see from some GMs in the NFL because God, because God forbid they admit that a guy was a failure and didn't live up. So it's, yeah, absolutely, that was a big cut. Uh, it hurt a little bit to cut a couple of the defensive tackles, uh, Vince Beagle, um, and really, you know, it, it's 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 almost like a cut that I kept Jamal Perry at this point. Yeah, I mean, so full of sports in the chat said cutting Jared Dokes. Listen, Dokes is basically a fullback, and you know how I feel about fullbacks. So They're freaking awesome. So he's got to go. Uh, no, Dokes has a good chance to make the roster, and, and he's got a big preseason too. Um, I wonder if he is fast enough to be able to get in there and make a difference. We'll see. Um, so let's let's uh, Paul. We've only got a few minutes here left. Um, let, let me throw one real quick thing because I do have one potential dark horse to make this roster, even though I'm not ready to put him on my 53 yet, and that is. Durval, Kirez, Nito, finally getting off the international exemption list in time to not be as old as Tom Brady when he does, and, and actually make this roster potentially. Uh, and I think he challenges on the D line, not the O line, even though he's listed on the O line at this point. Okay, yeah, he he's been, you know, he I, I had him listed there at the beginning, or, or excuse me, last year when he was exempt. Yeah, and. It, it, Pretty good reports coming out on him. I think if he had brought the same talent and the same mystique to the offensive tackle spot, then we'd be talking about somebody really in the driver's seat to make the roster. But he really is that guard, uh, or at or maybe he goes back to defensive tackle. But that's it. Um, so Paul, let's take a look at the Bears game here. You know, we don't we don't need to take a deep dive into okay, you need to establish the run game or wide receiver or offensive line, et cetera. Three players that that we're looking at here, you know, as the game goes on, because it's going to be about second, third, and fourth teamers here. So I've got three guys. Number one, Malcolm Perry. He's been kind of lost in the shuffle. And he really needs to dom for me. He needs to dominate here the second half of this football game when he gets in. He needs to show a lot of different looks. Number two um, is uh, Javaris Davis, a guy that that's on your roster. He has the physical skill set. There's no doubt about that. Uh, cousin of Vontae Davis, when he was at the Senior Bowl here a couple of years ago, he was a a final late entry and was what it turned out to be one of the best cornerbacks there. So you've got that. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go cornerback again, Terrell Bonds. That's because that's to me going to be an interesting competition for what could be the 11th defensive back spot. I want to see this guy out there as that kind of little jitterbug out there because he and uh, Bonds and Javaris Davis had you know really in the second half of this of this game 
might be the two cornerbacks out there. And it's going to be an interesting battle to see which one overtakes the other one, possibly for a roster. So we, we may see that in a few games here. Yeah, I'm God. There are so many guys on this list that I want to watch uh, this weekend, uh, especially after the starters come off the field. One of them is going to be Cameron Tom. Uh, I've trashed the center position, but I want to see if he can truly send Matt Skura the same direction as one of his snaps goes, skipping lazily off into a sunset uh, instead of where it was supposed to. But it's I'm watching that. I'm going to be watching very firmly Jakeem Grant because there's a lot of good reports about how his hands have been this preseason. Um, and then, whew, God, I'm going to... I'm going to cheat and I'm going to list four guys, and I don't care. Get mad at me if you want. You can list the fourth. Um, I'm going to say I am firmly staring at Javon Holland, um, seeing if he can unseat Jason McCourty this week based on how he's been doing uh, basically throughout the week. And then I I keep talking about him, but there's something there. There was something there when he got uh, drafted. And there's something there by all reports for somebody that's unfamiliar with it. Not the the easiest defense to learn, but Shaq Griffin. Because he's got some inside-outside flexibility, and Miami does like to play this positionless defense. And he's been flashing this week. So you combine those things, and I am watching Shaq Griffin, seeing if he can do enough that the Dolphins unseat Vince Beagle for him. Yeah, since you listed five, and we should have made it five, so we'll. I thought I did four. Said so Jack Griffin. Uh, well, you might have. Because I can do to, five. I can do five. You can do ten. I. You can do fifteen. You could. Do, we could extend the show till ten, but uh, you know I got to go to bed. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm the old one here. I I just had a football practice in a hundred degree heat with fifty kids. Like, yeah. how do you need to go to bed? I started a new like ah it just ah. Uh. Hey, hey, whether whether I go to bed at 3 a.m. or 9 p.m., I'm getting up at 5 a.m. Just don't uh, sleep. It's more fun. Yeah, nah, I'm a morning person now. This is who I am. Uh, so Which two other players, Larnell Coleman and Derval Cures Nito. Yes. Um, yes. That's. I mean, that's. This is. This is a big game for them. I mean, these preseason games are huge because when the bullets start flying, they have physical skills. So that's going to be. That's going to be big for them. So, um, w- Paul, in addition to everything we've talked about here tonight, what else uh, jumps out at you? What else might you be looking for here in the Bears game? I, I do want to see Lynn Bowden and Malcolm Perry make this a lot more difficult because we shouldn't be talking about – or I shouldn't even be flirting with the idea of Mac Hollins and Robert Foster both being on the roster in week one. I really shouldn't. Um, but I am because it's been pretty quiet for the flexible duo in, in Bowden and Perry. The other guy I want to keep an eye on is Kirk Merritt. Um, he's a guy I was really excited about last year and and still went into this preseason excited about, even though they've got a deep receiver room. But, and it, God, Noah Igbenogany, ugh, why? Just step up. Yeah, he has to. He has to. And that's and look, he, this conversation may need to start who the better Auburn cornerback was in that draft now? Noah Igbenogany or Javaris Davis? The first rounder or the undrafted free agent? Um, we're not there yet. Don't get me wrong. but well, Wait, we can list Zach Sealer as somebody we're watching because he's still the backup at least until next week. Well, I mean, uh, look, Noah Igbenogany 
Yeah, I know he's I've, I say over and over again, he, the guy was barely 20 when he was drafted. He's 21 now. He was a first-round draft pick, okay? Uh, like, you can't be unplayable for years at a time. He better get it here in the second season. If not, we're talking about Jamar Fletcher, Jason Allen type of draft picks at cornerback. Man, they either really get it right at cornerback or they really get it wrong with these high draft picks. So, well, Noah needs to step it up. A couple other guys that I really do want to see a little more of. Oh God! Jalen Askew and Trill Williams. There, there's some guys that are deep cuts at corner that could unseat somebody um, and, and and make a case for a roster spot. And believe it or not, for me, it would be Javaris Davis that they unseat, not Jamal Perry at this point because he did have a big week. Um. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a real battle at the defensive back spot. And you mentioned Kirk Merritt, and uh, I look at him and uh, Chris Myrick, and they get no matter how good these guys do in camp, they just it just doesn't make a difference for him. Uh, he didn't do Merritt didn't do well against the Bears in the scrimmage. That that hurts him. You can't have mistakes if you're Myrick or, or Kirk Merritt in camp. Yeah. And I I don't know. We'll see. But I think. I, I like that the practice squads have been have been extended here over the last couple of years too, because they can get back on the practice squad. So we will see what happens, Paul. Uh, as as we we continue. suck at naming just three guys, by the way. Yeah, we went at eight. I, why, why did I say three? We should have, you know, you know. We did, blame, we, blame we, the I think we did like eighteen a piece at this yeah. point. Some some interns getting fired after the show. So. That's fire the intern. That's right. Yeah. I need a T-shirt that says "Fire the Intern." <laughs> um, but we're going to be back here Saturday night, um, and we're going to be back here every night after a Dolphins game, yep. and breaking it down, whether it's preseason or regular season, and starting this weekend, and up until the up until early May, we're going to be here twice a week as well, breaking down everything Miami Dolphins. Be sure to follow me, Brian Cat NFL, on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, the finfanatic.com website, and fans, the fan-sided network. If it's not on the right side and it's not on the, on the left side, it is on the fin side. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.